You need to envision the future before you can begin to create it. Michael Hyatt, welcome to the Productivity is Podcast. Thank you, Mike. Good to be with you again. So I'm holding in my hands your latest book, The Vision Driven Leader, 10 Questions to Focus Your Efforts, Energize Your Team, and Scale Your Business. And right out of the gate, I mean, you've you've had a pretty prolific writing career in terms of books. I mean, last time you were on, we talked about Free to Focus. What's why this book now, and does it feel like it's the progression that your your the books have taken, or was it the one that you always kind of said, "Hey, this is the one that I've been wanting to write for a while, write for a while rather," and it it just wasn't, it, you know, uh, this is now the time for it. Yeah, I think this comes mostly out of my coaching practice and my own personal experience, and what I've found is that there's a lot of exhortation to be visionary. You know, if you're going to be a leader, you got to be this visionary leader, but there's almost no instruction. Mm. You know, business schools don't teach you how to create a vision. Uh, most mentors don't pass this on. And there are very few books out there that talk about it. And I wanted to, to, to write a full-length book because this has had such an enormous impact on my own business in terms of coming up with a vision and communicating that clarity to my team and enrolling them. And I just think it's essential for scaling a business. So for some people, they probably aren't clear in terms of what a vision is, because some people hear mission statement, vision, like what, if someone's looking to put this together and they're like, oh, I, I like this idea, but I, I'm unclear about the concept. What, what is a vision? What does a vision mean to you? Yeah. So a vision basically is a written document that's about the future. So it's not a slogan. So I think a lot of people kind of handicap themselves when they come to this topic because they think they have to come up with this short, brief, pithy, clever thing that they can slap on a coffee mug or put on a t-shirt. But the problem with that is it doesn't give you enough uh, direction to actually shape your work or tie your daily activity to it. So what I'm talking about is a three to five page document that creates uh, sort of a picture of an ideal state three to five years in the future. It's going to be written in the present tense, and it's going to cover four basic areas, the future of your team, the future of your products, the future of your marketing, and the future of your impact. So clarity around those four key categories. Now, Setting that up, taking the time, you and I have talked about productivity and time and, you know, people will often get caught up in the the plethora of to-dos and tasks that they need to do. But this is obviously something that you can't just sit down and bang out. Like how, what's the, what's the process look like in terms of somebody who's looking at this right now and going, okay, that, that sounds all well and good, but how do I find the time to sit down and, and, and how do I do it? How do I get the three to five page document when I'm really just at, at the point of just trying to get through, you know, the grind of, of what we're already doing? Well, well, first, let me just say that why this is so essential. You know, without a vision statement, one of the things that happens to people is the more successful you become in business, the more opportunities come your way. And if you're not careful, you get overrun by your opportunities because often distractions show up masquerading as opportunities. And unless you have a clear vision, I call it a vision script, a vision script that helps you differentiate the things you ought to be doing from the things you don't or shouldn't be doing, you don't really have a basis for saying no. The right kind of vision script will also attract the right people and repel the wrong people. And you need it in virtually every aspect of business, whether it's shaping your own business or trying to recruit investors or get funding or whatever it is. A vision of this future that you are imagining is essential for recruiting. So, yeah, so it doesn't take that long, but it does take some deliberate, deep work. 
And it's not going to be something you're going to, you know, bang out in between checking Twitter and Facebook and all the rest. But I recommend, and I talk about this uh, in the book, about just scheduling a time. What gets scheduled gets done. But to schedule about a day, to get off by yourself, and I have a series of what I call prompting questions in the book, so you don't have to kind of face the uh, angst of looking at a blank computer screen and going, I don't know where to start. No, I'm going to guide you completely through the process in the book from start to finish by asking you a series of questions about what you want. And and for a leader, I think that's the most important thing, Mike, is to get clear on what they want. What do you want for your future? Until you're clear on it, you really can't enlist anybody else or enroll anybody else or lead anybody else there. Leadership by its very definition means that you're headed towards a destination. But if you're not clear on the destination, you really aren't going to be leading people anywhere. And that brings to question number one, which is the when I open the book, I'm like, okay, this is one that people get caught up a lot. And I actually talk about this in terms of managing time versus leading your time. How can you tell the difference between a manager and a leader? Yeah, you know, both leaders and managers are important. Sometimes one person, if you're a solopreneur or if you're in a small company, you're probably raise, uh, wearing both hats as a leader and as a manager. In a bigger company, sometimes these are divided between the CEO and the COO. But leaders create vision, managers execute vision. Leaders inspire and motivate, managers maintain and administer. Leaders take risks while managers control risks, and leaders stay focused on the horizon while managers have their eye on short-term goals and objectives. Again, both are important. One of the best examples, and I don't actually use this example in the book, but Steve Jobs is an example, kind of the iconic example of a visionary leader. You know, he's the guy that could hold up a new phone in a completely saturated market where everybody said everything that's ever been invented with regard to cell phones is already out there. And he says, hey, I've got a new idea. Here's a phone without a keyboard. And you're going to use your finger as the stylus. You know, it's the best pointing device ever created. And so he was visionary. Tim Cook, on the other hand, was his COO and was brilliant when it came to supply, cha supply chain kinds of management and administration and all the rest. What's really interesting is that when Steve Jobs died, and I'm sure you remember this, mm -hmm. everybody said, that's the end of Apple because they've lost their iconic visionary leader. And Tim is, you know, seems like a good guy, but there's no way he's going to be that visionary. Well, if you look at what happened, he transitioned into that role in a way that I think surprised everybody because like the market cap of the company has tripled under his leadership. If you look at the stock price when Steve Jobs died and where it is right now, it's been phenomenal. So Steve was the right leader for then and he was visionary, but Tim's got a different kind of vision, but he stepped into that role, which kind of proves my point that I argue in the book. And that is that anybody can be a visionary leader. You can be a vision-driven leader. You just need to have a formula. You need to understand how to do it. You don't have to have a special charisma or a special kind of genius. You just need to be willing to go through the process. And again, I think initially it's going to take you about a day. Now, when we get into the book, the meat of the book, part two is about the vision script that you mentioned. So there's several questions surrounding that. When, when you're, I mean, this is one of those uh, books where sometimes people go, oh, you can skip or you can go from step to, you don't have to go in order. But it seems to me that, you need to almost either do these in order or at least some in tandem. Would, would that, would that be something you would, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I, I try to be very deliberate in the way that I write almost like I'm creating a recipe for somebody. I want somebody else to be able to bake the cake 
and get the same result that I've gotten and hundreds of my clients have gotten when they've created a vision script. So it's pretty much, you know, do this first, do this second, do this third. So the first step is, you know, what do you want? We talked about that just a little bit before, but what do you, what do you want? And I just differentiate between a mission statement and a vision statement. They're not the same, they're different. Then I talk about, is it clear? You know, the truth is a lot of times people, um, leaders walk around with sort of this ambiguous, vague notion of what they want in the future, but it's not specific. It's not concrete. And it's often not expressed. It's just implicit. They kind of know it, but they expect other people to read their minds. And you've got to be expressive. You've got to be explicit. You've got to get it out there. And so I talk about the criteria for, you know, how to get clear on your vision. Then I talk about, does it inspire? Mike, this is critical. Mm. If you're not inspired by your vision, you can't sell anybody else. You know, you can't sell what you haven't bought. If you're not excited about the future you're committed to create, you got to go back to the drawing board and come up with a future that does get you excited. So I talk about four characteristics of an inspiring vision. And then I talk about, is it practical? A vision correctly written will guide you not only in the, in, in the vision, but in your annual goals, your quarterly goals, your weekly priorities, your daily activities, all of that will be informed by the vision. And there should be sort of a seamless link from the one to the other. And then finally, can you sell it? Can you sell this vision? Because you're going to need to sell it if you're going to enroll other people in helping you accomplish it. So uh, one of the things that, that I come across as kind of running my company is the propensity to almost take on too much. I think that uh, that's something, especially like, you know, especially when you're inspired by something, right? Like, especially when you've got inspiration, does, you know, how was, how would a vision driven leader, if you're, you're coaching somebody through this and they're looking at this going, you know, I have so many ideas and so many things that I want to do. And yet there is that, that, that possibility that it could overwhelm where, where can you steer them? Is there one of the questions that kind of says, Hey, listen, you know, you might want to pull back on this or, Hey, here's what you can do to make sure you execute on these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the great benefits of having a clear vision is that provides a filter for evaluating opportunities. What I find when I'm talking to leaders, and this is like really all my clients in my coaching program, when they first come to us, they're just utterly overwhelmed. You know, they're working 70, 80 hours a week. Their to-do list is unrelenting. It never seems to shrink. The more they do, the more they seem to have to do. And the thing about it is that a, that a vision uh, helps you to separate you know, the important work from the merely urgent work. You know, the things that contribute towards your vision, those are the things you ought to be doing. And not all tasks are created equal. Some contribute to the vision, some distract from the vision. So whenever an opportunity comes to you, if you've got a clear vision statement, you can say, wait a second, how does this fit into our three to five year vision? If it doesn't, we have an opportunity. We can revise the vision if we want to, but rarely are you going to do that. Most times you're going to say, whoop, that's outside the scope of our vision. We're going to stay focused and keep doing what we do. And as a result of that, leaders that have a clear vision statement are less overwhelmed. My typical client, just to give an example of what a vision statement can do, and these are my coaching clients. So we have a business coaching program called Business Accelerator. But in the first 12 months of that program, the typical client will grow their revenue by 62%. Meanwhile, and this is the great part of having a vision, they cut their workload by 11 hours on average per week. Mm. So those two things seems like they're are mutually exclusive, but it's all the result of having a vision. The other thing a vision does too is, as I mentioned a moment ago, it gives you a way to attract the right people and a means by which you can repel the wrong people. 
if the vision doesn't resonate with prospective employees, then, you know, they may be fine people, but they're not people that ought to be in your company. You want people that share your vision and are willing to embrace it. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, it's time to take a break from our conversation for a moment. But when we come back, one of the things I'm going to ask Michael about is what the first step is that you need to take to become a vision-driven leader. But first, I want to talk about email. And Michael and I both agree that email is a necessary part of what you need to do to stay productive, but it's not the only thing, you know, inbox zero often becomes this measuring stick for productivity, but it's really a thing of the past. I mean, we're also inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything. It's really about responding only to the important things, you know, the messages that truly matter. And that's where SaneBox comes in. Think of SaneBox as a robotic Marie Kondo for your email. You know, as messages flow in, SaneBox does the triage for you, leaving only the important emails in your inbox and directing all the other distracting stuff to your Sane Later folder. So you know the messages that you need to pay attention to now, and you also can have an idea of what stuff you need to get to later on. 
Now, SaneBox also has some other really cool features like Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders that you never want to hear from again, and Sane Reminders to ping you if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. I use that all the time with people who are interested in either having me on their podcast or vice versa, and that way I can follow up with them. Best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone really anywhere that you check your email. You can see how SceneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Just visit SceneBox.com slash timecrafting and you can start your free trial and get a $25 credit. So that's SceneBox.com slash timecrafting to get that $25 credit and the free trial today. Again, that's S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com slash timecrafting to get that free trial and $25 credit. Do it today you may want to level up some of your other skill sets in order to become a better leader. And the UCI Division of Continuing Education gives you that option. The UCI Division of Continuing Education has courses and certifications in a wide range of categories, including things like human resources, leadership, uh, IT, project management. So it really has everything that you're going to need, including 60 convenient certificate and specialized studies programs on campus and online that are designed for the working professional. Now let's talk about the online courses because they're taught by expert instructors with industry experience and they offer flexibility and a real immersive online classroom experience. Now what are the differences between certificate programs and specialized studies programs? Because both are available. Well, certificate programs offer an in-depth body of knowledge to ensure you gain mastery of a particular topic. Whereas specialized studies feature shorter, more concentrated curricula for those short on time. Both are distinctive achievements that can help prepare you for career advancement or transition. You can advance your career in as little as six months. Now, spring registration is open now. So you want to visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING to get 15% off of one course. Now, that discount is for almost all the certificate programs. The exceptions only include coding boot camps, international programs, teacher credentialing programs, and test prep courses. So visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and enter that promo code TIMECRAFTING to get 15% off of one course today. Now this offer is only valid until July 31st, 2020 at 11.59 p.m. So you're gonna wanna jump on this now. Again, ce.uci.edu slash productivityist. Enter that promo code TIMECRAFTING and get your discount off of one course today. Now it's time to talk about my Productivityist podcast pick of the week, and it's That Creative Life, hosted by YouTuber and creative entrepreneur Sarah Dietschy. Now on this podcast, you'll find candid conversations with the best artists and business professionals in the world, whether it's artists, YouTubers, CEOs, and everyone in between. I discovered Sarah on YouTube, and I really got into what she was making in terms of films, and then I realized she had a podcast, and some of the people that she's had on the, the program are people that I know or have followed their work. Thomas Frank has been on the show, Peter McKinnon, who I had the pleasure of meeting at Vid Summit a couple of years ago, Matt Diavella, Becky and Chris, fellow Canadians that are YouTubers as well, and I'm spending a lot more time watching YouTube these days because I'm learning a lot, but also trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing on YouTube on an ongoing basis. So. This podcast isn't just giving me a behind the scenes look at the lives of these creatives that are making things on YouTube and elsewhere, but also is kind of helping me figure out what I want to do next. And, and you know, there's no time like the present to try to figure out what your next move is. I think it's always important to do that. And that creative life is helping me do that. So that's why that creative life is my productivity is podcast pick of the week. 
Now let's get back to my conversation with Michael Hyatt here on the Productivityist Podcast. Okay, in that situation, let's say you've got your vision, you, you, you've put together your vision script, you've got it all set up. You, now all of a sudden you're seeing some people in there and I, I mean, I can't imagine that we've, we've had, we've had time to spend together before. I can't imagine that you're pulling the Steve Jobs story kind of thing. So how do you deal with that when someone's like, Hey, you know, I'm not really into it. And, and I mean, you don't want to be forceful to the point where it's alienating, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so how do, how do you massage that in there or, or, or make it work for the team so that you can, you know, part with people who aren't necessarily going to fit in, but also uh, make sure that those that are buying in and uh, we, occasionally there's these, you know, um, uh, I guess not disagreements, but variances that they still stay on board. Well, first of all, we want an environment that's safe for dissent. We want people to be able to push back. And, you know, I think the best stuff comes out of vigorous debate internally. But I think we got to go back. Let me just go back just a step and sure. say, OK, what happens once you come off this day and you've got a draft wet cement of a vision statement. You know, first of all, you're not Moses. You're not coming down from the mountain, right? You don't have the Ten Commandments. You've got a rough draft <laughs> of kind of what you envision for the future. You've written that in the present tense, and you have written it down. And by the way, there's something powerful about writing that forces clarity. Uh, thoughts disentangle themselves, passing over the lips and through pencil tips. Somebody said that. I don't know who it was, well, but I think good. it's true. That's really good. We should find out so, who that was. <laughs> yeah, we should. I've, I've looked it up. It's you know credited to Anonymous. He said so many things. So, uh, so you want to come down with that, or, or come back with that 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 draft of that vision statement, and you want to go to your inner circle. This might be your business partner. It might be a few uh, executives on your team. It depends on the structure of your business, how big it is. But your inner circle, you want to say, hey guys, look, this is kind of how I envision the future unfolding. It's wet cement. I need your help. There's probably things I've missed, probably things I don't have quite right, but I need your input to help shape this. So it's not just my vision, but it's our collective vision. Once you get alignment with your inner circle, and I call this cascading communication, you want to cascade it down to the next level. So maybe you have a slightly larger leadership team like we do in our company at Michael Hyatt and Company. We've got our executive team, and then we have a leadership team of all of our directors. So we roll it out to them. Same thing. Guys, we've been working on this for a couple of weeks. This is wet cement. We think we've got we've we've got some things nailed down, but there's probably some things we've missed. We need your input. Each time you're going to solicit less input, it's going to be a little bit more set and concrete, but you're still open to things that you may have missed. And then ultimately, you roll it out to the entire team. But here's the thing. It's not a once and done kind of thing. This is something that when it's done correctly, should inform your strategic planning process. So one of the things that happens to us every year is we go through a formal strategic planning process, and the very first step of that process is to revisit the vision. And we ask ourselves the question, is there anything new now that we envisioned that we didn't see a year ago? And again, in our case, we're, we're looking at a three-year vision. And sometimes as you approach a mountain and as you get some more altitude, you realize that not only is that not the last mountain, but there's an entire mountain range behind the mountain that you were aiming at. So you can see things more clearly as you move through time and as you uh, begin to gain altitude. So we'll revise that vision. It won't it won't be huge revisions, but we'll be, be revising and fine-tuning it every year. And then that informs the whole process of you know, SWOT analysis and strategic priorities and annual goals and all the rest that goes into strategic planning. Once we get through that process, we're going to share it with the entire team. So we have an annual uh, team meeting where I get up and among other things, I read the entire vision script and I do it with enthusiasm 
because I because vision leaks. Andy Stanley once said this, and he's right. Vision leaks. People get caught up in the daily stuff. They lose focus. They did get disconnected from the vision and even from the mission of the company. So one of the primary jobs of the leader is to remind people what it is that we're creating. We're not just laying bricks here. We're building a cathedral. We've got to remind people that there's that connection between their daily activity and the thing that we're building. But once a year isn't even enough. We read a part of this. Remember I said the vision script has four parts. We read a part of it every quarter at our, at our quarterly team training sessions. And I don't read that. I do the annual one, but somebody else on the team reads it with enthusiasm. We discuss it, but we get reconnected with it. And then we pull it out every time we're considering a new opportunity. So it really is a living operational document, not something we we do once and then put it on the shelf. And I think that speaks back to the, this is why you should spend time with it and take time to do it. And, you know, not just try to do it, you know, ad hoc in between things. It's a process. What, what I find fascinating about the work that you and your company, what you, what you do is that there is this intent, everything behind it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before intention and attention, that's productivity and everything that, that I've seen come from Michael Hyatt and company is from, from that, that intentional, place. So when, when you're looking at leaders and, and a vision driven leader, and you're, you're, you're thinking back to either those who, you know, inspired you before, or even those that inspire you now, who comes to mind as a vision driven leader, other than we've mentioned Steve Jobs, right? But those that, that you like have either mentored you or that you look to as, you know, this is somebody that I need to, to pay attention to so that I can really, you know, walk the, walk the talk. Yeah. I would say that one of the most influential leaders, and I, I've drawn so much from him, uh, is Stephen Covey. Mm. And if you look at seven habits of highly successful leaders, if you look at habit, I think it's number two, begin with the end in mind. Yeah. That's really what this is. This is the practical application of begin with the end in mind. You know, don't start building something till you've got a clear vision of what it is you want. You know, I started a publishing company in 1984. I was so excited about it, so energized about it. And my business partner and I met with some initial success and we wanted to publish what are called in the in the book industry adult trade books, just like the normal books you find in a bookstore or on Amazon or whatever. But because we didn't have a vision script, because we didn't have a clear vision, we had a clear mission, but not a clear vision, we couldn't differentiate between these opportunities and distractions and opportunities started coming to us. And we started saying yes to everything. We started doing children's books. We started doing gift books. We did reference books. We did all kinds of books. And before long, our attention was fractured our resources were spread too thin, and we basically collapsed and went bankrupt, not because we didn't have enough opportunity, but because we had too much opportunity without a filter to decide where we were going to put our attention and our resources. And so, you know, I think that beginning with the end in mind, as Dr. Stephen Covey taught, is so critical. If we had spent some time coming up with a vision to begin with, I think the outcome of that business would have been a lot different than it, than it ended up. Let's let's go into the you know the, you you've talked about how it's a living like kind of a living document. What about when things change? You talk about in, in question nine the idea of vision zag. I mean, I don't want people to come out of here and going, oh, you know what? I don't need the book. Clearly, there's a lot in here to unpack. If, I mean, I've gone through the book and there's a lot here: the steps to clarity, all that stuff. I mean, there's so much in here 
that is valuable, not just as you go through it the first time, but also to revisit it, kind of like we were talking about when it comes to the, the vision script. But what about vision zag? Because I know that when I have themed months, for example, which is one of the elements of time crafting, there's been moments where I'm like, okay, that needs to change. Because, you know, what, what I was going to focus on that month the things have changed, opportunities have come up, and I'm going to have to make a mm -hmm. make an adjustment. So can you dig into that a little bit more? Sure. So this chapter is called, Is It Too Late? And I get asked that question all the time. You know, people think, well, I didn't start with a vision. Now I'm in trouble. Is it too late? Mm. Well, I kind of give the 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 idea of a vision zag, which is the, the think of it as revisioning. And regardless of what stage your business is in, you can come up with new and inspiring directions for your organization. Any company can accelerate with the right zag. And then I put forth the concept of the vision arc. And the idea is that there are multiple stages in the lifestyle or the life cycle of any business. You've got startup, for example. You've got rising when everything begins to take off. You've got transitioning when you have to kind of prune and prepare to be a mature business. Then you've got maturity. Then you have legacy. Then you have the zombie business. And then you have even the dead business. And all of those are not beyond help if you're willing to re-envision and come up with a new vision. And in fact, I would say this is the secret to continued success. I think this is what Apple has done well. I think this is what most companies that have longevity do, is they're able to continue to reinvent themselves, to come up with a new, inspiring, practical vision that directs their work. If you don't do that, then you end up with like somebody like Kodak, mm -hmm. who invented the digital camera, you know, they, they had this technology 20 years before it was, or actually more than that, before it was uh, available. But the management of Kodak just couldn't envision a future that didn't include film. And so it took another company to come along, like Apple, who said, hey, what if we make this, you know, a digital camera available in a, in a cell phone and put it on people's, you know, in people's pockets? And it, it changed everything. So you know, I think it, it just it just takes the vision, the right vision at the right time, and the willingness as a leader to continue to re uh, to re envision your future. Let's let you know, one of the the things that I've and I, I remember reading um, uh, the uh, Beyond the E Myth, right? And I've had uh, Michael on the show, and when I worked for Costco, that seemed to be the thing too. Like Costco is a, a, an example of a company that. Um, you know, has really been consistent with the the way they've operated from day one, and they've learned from other businesses along the way. Um, can this work? That you know, when you're looking at this from you know the vantage point of a small bit, like a a, a small team, or even even outside of business, like in your in your your personal life, in your daily life. What lessons can you take away from the book that will help people that are maybe not running their own company, or maybe they just want to like run their lives better? Well, absolutely. And I, and I will say that um, I actually wrote an entire book on that called Living Forward. And that book is really about creating a life plan, which is essentially a vision for your life. And in that book, I talk about nine different domains that we have in our lives. You know, we've got our spiritual life and our physical life and financial life and vocational and advocational and, you know, our relationships and all that. But what, is, what does success look like? If we were to define the win in each one of those areas, what would that look like? Vocation is just one area, and the vision-driven leader is all about defining success in the vocational uh, realm of life, whether that's in your business or in your career. But I really do think, and you're, you're putting your finger on I mean, I really do think that this is something that's worth thinking about in every area of your life, because you need to envision the future before you can begin to create it. That's the first step in the creation process, is to envision a bigger, 
better future. All of us have this amazing faculty called an imagination. Most of us, unfortunately, use it to worry about the future, you know, the worst case scenario. But we can put that to use and imagine something that's better in the future and put pen to paper and get clarity about that. And the great thing about clarity is that it drives acceleration. The more clear we are about the future we want to create, the faster we can get there. It's very tough, very slow to get moving toward a future if you're if you're unclear about it. You go down a lot of cul-de-sacs, a lot of dead ends, a lot of wrong turns. But if you have clarity about the vision, then the strategy is is much easier to find. So, Michael, people are going to walk away from this episode and they're going to go, I'm ready. What's the first step that they take so that they can become the vision-driven leader that they, that they want to become? Yeah, step number one, schedule the time to do it. So I talk about this in the last chapter called Are You Ready? But number one, schedule a day. You know, what gets calendared gets done. What gets scheduled gets done. Number two, get the necessary input. In other words, solicit some of the input, whether it's your customers or your clients or just your own team. Get a little bit of input before you go away. Number three, trust the process. You may think, I'm not visionary or I can't do this. Trust the process. Again, it's a recipe. I've had hundreds and hundreds of clients now go through this process, and I outline it in detail in the Vision Driven Leader. Number four, tweak as you go. And number five, go ahead and launch. Don't wait for perfection. This is you know, never going to be crystal clear, but go ahead and launch and tweak as you go. Michael, this has been great having you on the program again. The new book is called The Vision Driven Leader, 10 Questions to Focus Your Efforts, Energize Your Team, and Scale Your Business. Where can people go to pick up the book and also learn more about how they can become the vision driven leader that they, that they, like I said, want to be? Well, we've created a special landing page just for your listeners. It's called visiondrivenleader.com forward slash productivityist. Again, visiondrivenleader.com forward slash productivityist. And we've got $600 worth of free bonuses. You can buy the book from any retailer, including Amazon. Take your receipt, head to that landing page, input the number on your receipt. You're going to get the Vision Driven Leader audiobook read by me for free. You're going to get the ebook of my previous book, Free to Focus. You're going to get uh, vision coaching calls in a private closed group after the book releases. Then you're going to get something that we call the Vision Scripter. This is an online tool that walks you through the process. It's almost like, not quite, but almost like paint by number. We're going to take you by the hand, walk you through the process, ask you some questions, and help you come up with about 85 to 90% of your vision script right there. It's the easiest way to get started. But you got to do this before April the 4th because the bonuses go away then. Well, there you go. Make sure you go to that link and pick up the book and get all the bonuses. Michael, thanks for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. Thank you, Mike.